good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We are reading in the Gospel of John. Let's see, we just finished the Gospel of John, chapter 15, and we're ready to read chapter 16. Now, I want to talk to you about <laughs> the way these chapters break. You know, in our Bible, I don't know who decided where to break one chapter from another and all that. Sometimes I have to say the breaks don't make good sense, okay? When you're reading along in your Bible, and a lot of times I just totally ignore when I'm just reading on my own the, the chapter and verse because sometimes it seems kind of nonsensical. And for instance here, chapter 15 and chapter 16, well chapter 16 just arbitrarily starts and kind of breaks itself away from things that Jesus is talking about, but it is clearly a continuation. If you read this, it's clearly a continuation of Jesus' thoughts and what he was saying in chapter 15. So I don't know why they broke the chapter there. And I, I laugh because, you know, we're, we're people. We, we just do, we do weird things. We, we make mistakes. And I, I don't know how they decided to do that. So again, not trying to uh, not trying to make light of anything. It's just something to be aware of. The breaks, like the chapter breaks, and even the verse breaks. I've had a verse break occur in the middle of a sentence, or a chapter break occur in the middle of a sentence, and it makes no sense to me that that, that would ever be the case. But that's what was done. So <clears throat> we just have to realize that. So. So we finished reading chapter 15, but I want to stress the fact that in the beginning of chapter 16, Jesus is continuing, and he's still talking. This is still part of the same um, talking that he was doing previously. It's still part of the same um, ideas, thoughts, um, uh, message, message that he was giving. So I want to back up a little bit into 15, and read from there and continue down so that it's uh, hopefully more cohesive and makes more sense okay so bear with me just a moment because Jesus Jesus in chapter 15 um, he's referring to about the, the world hates you um, but now they have no excuse for sin because they know you know once you know something you don't really have an excuse for not knowing it anymore and okay so I want to start reading a little bit back into chapter 15 because this is this is a continuation of what Jesus was saying the message he was delivering to the disciples what he was telling them about the hatred of the world and no excuse for sin and whoever hates me hates my father also but I'm going to start in chapter 15 verse 26 which is going to lead us down into chapter 16 but when the helper comes whom I will send to you from the father the spirit of truth who proceeds from the father he will bear witness about me and you also will bear witness because you have seen with me you have seen I'm, I'm so sorry so this is verse 27 and you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning now this is chapter 16, verse 1. I have said all these things to you to keep you from falling away. They will put you out of the synagogues. 
Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think he is offering service to God. And they will do these things because they have not known the Father nor me. But I have said these things to you that when their hour comes you may remember that I told them to you. So Jesus is letting them know that some people are going to believe. And of course, um, look at look at Paul, um, who was Saul. Look at Paul, how he persecuted the Christians. He believed he was doing the right thing for God. And it's not funny, but it's kind of uh, telling that Jesus says this here, that when um, the hour is coming, when whoever kills you will think he is offering service to God. There are... You know, some of them were stoned. Um, was it Stephen that was stoned? They, they, they thought they were stoning him for good and right reasons, you know. Um, there were several times that people seemed to want to stone Jesus because he, of the things he said. So, and they think, they think that they are in the right and they are uh, doing a service for God. Um, not all of them necessarily, but, but some di some did. Alright, so I'm going to continue on because Jesus is going to con continue here to talk about the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> now, and this is funny because in my Bible they break up verse 4. I'm going to go back to verse 4. But I have said these things to you that when their hour comes you may remember that I told them to you. I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you. But see, he knows he's going away at this point, so he's preparing them. So verse 5, But now I am going to him who sent me, and none of you asks me, Where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you, and when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment, concerning sin because they do not believe in me, concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer, concerning judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. At that time, the ruler of this world was Satan, of course. So I feel like there is a better message there, and I need to delve into that, and I'm going to make a note of that. Um, but for now, I'm going to take this as, as the way it's presented from Jesus. When he comes, speaking of the Holy Spirit, he will convict the world concerning, concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. I want to take these few verses here, and I want to go and, and see and get... I feel like there's a... Um, I feel like there's more of a personal, deeper meaning to this than what I'm catching right off just at a at a beginning level reading this here. Um, and I say beginning level because I can't think of a better uh, adjective at the moment, but it's just a, you know, um, just a basic, I mean, I get the basic idea, but I feel like there's more to this. So, um, and maybe I'm wrong, but hey, you know, it's something I want to look at if, you know, Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. 
Okay, so verse 12, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will, he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine, therefore I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So that is what the Holy Spirit will do. And I, I believe, I take this seriously in that this was said to them, and I believe this also applies to us, that the Holy Spirit does guide us in our study of the Word and help us to know what we should do, what we should not do, and how we should, how we should be. And uh, it guides us in these spiritual things. And I say... I say it, and some people get offended by that, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm sorry. The, the Holy Spirit, sometimes I say that. I've heard some people say it's that, that the Holy Spirit is definitely a he, and that's fine. I, I don't mean that in any insulting or bad way. It's just sometimes that's how it comes out to me, because I think of a spirit as a spirit with no defined, uh, you know, without any further definition. So... I don't mean that in a bad way, though. Um, <clears throat> it's just something the way my mind is, the way it's, you know, thought of that. All right, so verse 16, A little while, and you will see me no longer. And again, a little while, and you will see me. So, <laughs> Jesus is telling them how, how it's going to happen here. So, some of his disciples said to one another, What is this that he says to us? A little while, and you will not see me. And again, a little while, and you will see me. And because I am going to the Father. So, they are saying... No, let me say this again. <clears throat> let me read that correctly. So, they were saying, What does he mean by a little while? We do not know what he is talking about. Jesus knew that they wanted to ask him, so he said to them, Is this what you were asking yourselves, what I meant by saying, A little while, and you will not see me, and again a little while, and you will see me? Truly, truly, I say to you, you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn into joy. When a woman is giving birth, she has sorrow because her hour has come. But when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. So also you will have sorrow now, but I will see you again, and your hearts will rejoice, and no one will take your joy from you. In that day you will ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until now you have asked nothing in my name, ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. So there's several things here. One is that they would weep and lament, but the world will rejoice because they are, you know, Jesus is their friend and in a very human way they are definitely when he is crucified and when he dies they're going to going to weep and lament and be sorrowful and they're going you know for those days there until he rises again and they see him again they are definitely going to be filled with sorrow I mean think about it he's he's not just their teacher he is also their friend he is they know him in a way that we do not you know we just 
don't. We we didn't live then. We didn't live there with him. Um, so for them, it is an even more, um, I guess, traumatic is maybe the right word, but it's an even harder thing to swallow and to stomach that Jesus, you know, was taken and, and crucified and died. But, again, when they see him again, you know, he says, um, let me see, let me get down here. Um, so you have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your hearts will rejoice, and no one will take your joy from you. Well, no, that when they see him again, and he's risen there, I'm sure they're overjoyed, just overcome with joy, and they see their friend, you know, back. So, that's, you know, that's a big deal for them. Like I said, they actually, um, you know, they actually had that kind of uh, human relationship with him because he was their friend and he was there with them. And uh, this is probably a pretty good analogy. I mean, Jesus always describes things the best when a woman is giving birth and they, you know, they talk about, you know, she's sorrowful because she's going to be delivering the baby and the baby's not going to be in her that's supposed to be a special thing I've not experienced that myself so but nonetheless um, but then once once they have the baby they are thrilled and happy to have the baby and they forget about that so so he's just making that comparison that uh, they would have that sorrow but then when Jesus rose again they would also have that joy and then and he says, In that day you will ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you, because that's how we pray. We pray to God the Father, and we ask in Jesus' name, and that's the way we're supposed to do. And as long as we're asking in his will and, and following him, and we, like Jesus says, we abide in him and he abides in us, we would ask for the right things. And... Um, he says, ask, and you will receive that your joy may be full. Alright, so verse 25, figures of speech. The hour is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figures of speech, but will tell you plainly about the Father. In that day you will ask in my name, and I do not say to you that I will ask the Father on your behalf. For the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. I came from the Father and have come into the world, and now I am leaving the world and going to the Father. So see, we will actually, in that day, you will ask in my name, and I do not say that to you that I will ask the Father on your behalf, for the Father himself loves you. We will actually truly ask God. And that's how we pray. We pray to God. We ask God and we ask in Jesus' name because Jesus is our access to God. He has opened that access up for us. So it is not Jesus asking for us. It is us asking God in Jesus' name. And there is, that's a definite distinction. Um, verse 28. <clears throat> I came from the Father and have come into the world, and now I am leaving the world and going to the Father. 
His disciples said, Ah, now you are speaking plainly and not using figurative speech. Now we know that you know all things and do not need anyone to question you. This is why we believe that you came from God. Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? Behold, the hour is coming, indeed it has come, when you will be scattered, each to his own home, and will leave me alone. Yet I am not alone, for the Father is with me. I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So, Jesus is definitely letting them know what's going to happen. They're going to be scattered, of course. I mean, it was a scary thing for them, I understand. Um, He is telling them these things, just like he's telling us, so that they would have peace. And we also should have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation, troubles. You know, you're going to have times of trouble and aggravation. And (laughs) there's all these many different negative things that I could say. But you're going to have problems and troubles and issues and tribulation. Um, But take heart, I have overcome the world. And because Jesus has overcome the world, then really, we, through Jesus, also have overcome the world. We just need to um, work in his will and handle things the way, uh, you know, in truth and in spirit and in, in the way that Jesus would do the, do those things. You know, as long as we are abiding in Jesus and following him, we also will overcome the world and really have overcome the world already. So... That is chapter 16 of the Gospel of John. Like I said, Jesus really says things better. I I try to elaborate or, you know, add, try to, not add to, but I try to elaborate and clarify, but sometimes there just isn't anything more to say. At least for me, I I find it difficult to, to clarify more than what he said sometimes. So, thanks for listening. I hope you have a wonderful day, and remember, God loves you.